friend. This is Deeper Life, and I'm your host, Alexis Tykemiller. I'm a writer, content creator, and a woman on a journey to finding more depth in life. If you crave soul-filling conversations and long for a stronger connection to yourself and others, consider this your safe haven. It can be hard to embrace who we are, let alone share that with the rest of the world. The Deeper Life Podcast is a safe place to show up and hear conversations about relationships, emotional growth, and explore what it means to be vulnerable. If you're ready to dig deeper, I'm here to help you embrace who you are, reflect on your past, and connect with yourself. Welcome to A Deeper Life. Hello, friends. Welcome back to another episode of Deeper Life. I am your host, Alexis Tykemiller, and on today's episode, I have a special guest, my husband. (laughs) How's it going? (laughs) That's Matt's favorite thing to say. How's it going? So on today's episode, I wanted to talk with Matthew and have a conversation, an honest and open conversation about adjusting to marriage. And we're newlyweds. We were long distance for five years and got married the fall of 2019. So about six months ago, this month actually will mark our six month anniversary. And it will. That's a big deal. It is. Happy year. Yes. And not only are we newlyweds and now entering into our sixth month of marriage, we're also quarantined together. Yay. (laughs) No, it's actually been, it's actually been a lot of fun because I usually work in the office and then being able to work from home and hang out with you and just... We go off our separate ways or on different sides of the apartment um, while we work, and then we come together for supper and and lunch and all that and for coffee breaks, and I couldn't be – I couldn't be working with somebody more fun to work with. Yeah, I I interrupt him a lot. (laughs) Um, But – and that's very sweet of you to say, and I appreciate that. And I think it's important for this episode in particular uh, with Matthew and I that we really kind of unveil a lot of like when someone asks you, Oh, how's marriage? And your reaction is like, it's the best. Like, cause it is because whenever you're newlywed, it is amazing. And you're finally together, especially for us, we did not live together before we were married. So it felt like an even, an even more life change. You know, we didn't go from dating to living together to then being married. It was like, we went from living in different states the entire time we dated to then, boom, being married and living together. So we, we were adjusting to a lot of change. So I want to just say to you, babe, that this is a safe place to be honest about our fears, about being annoyed, about like things that we've had to adjust to, because that's the whole point of this podcast episode is to kind of share the things that we've learned through the adversity and some of the challenges that do come along with being newlyweds, especially being, you know, quarantined together now going on week four strong. So, okay. We get married. Actually, no, let's not, let's back up. Leading up to being married. Talk me through your emotional state at that point. And I think that this is important if you're a gentleman listening or you're a woman listening and you aren't married yet or you're engaged, like, I think that you, Matthew had a really good outlook on marriage because you were really honest with me about how scared you were. I think it's really easy to kind of be like 
pie in the sky <laughs> and like, oh, it's just going to be the best and everything's just going to be the best. And we're going to be together and we love each other and it's going to be the best. And we were both really scared. Like we were both really fearful of messing it up, hurting each other, um, losing some of our independence. Like there were a lot of things that went into it. So I'd love for you to kind of share like your perspective on that because I think that's a really unique one. And I think it's something that like we need to talk about if we're going to talk about the life on the other side of marriage. Yeah. So going off what you were saying, we were scared, but we realized that there was nobody else we wanted to be scared with than each other because we wanted to make that leap and do something that neither one of us had ever done, which is marry somebody. And we decided that we wanted to do that together. And we knew that no matter where life brought us, um, we knew it was going to bring us together. And that's really all that we wanted. So to start from the beginning, I was in grad school out in Colorado. Um, we were in our fourth year that we were dating and you and I had had multiple conversations kind of throughout the years that we were dating this time around that we wanted to uh, get married. And we talked about it a lot. So whenever I was out there, I knew that I wanted to ask your father that I wanted to make sure that I had a job whenever I asked your dad for your hand in marriage. And I wanted to have a foundation lane. Um, and I wanted to have a job and have an income so that I knew how I was going to provide for this family. I just want to pause because that was really important to Matthew and it wasn't important to me because at this point I'm already deep into my career. I'm already like four years into my career and I was making a really good income and like a steady income. And I didn't feel like from my perspective, it wasn't important for me to, that Matt had to have a job. It was really important for him. And I think it's important to respect what the other person wants because that was important to him. It wasn't as important to me, but I respected the fact that that's what he needed. Because a big thing to, to see is that I hadn't had a job yet. I was still in school and I hadn't even had a career that had started yet. So that's why it was so important to me because it was also very, very new and I wanted to make sure that I had kind of all the newness out of the way with getting a job so that I could focus in once we got married on the newness of my bride and giving all my focus to you rather than anything else big in life. Like your first job, that's huge. Getting married, that's huge. I didn't want those to happen at the same time. And I wanted to make sure that job came first, not only for the money and to be able to buy you a ring, but also that we, I got that out of the way. And then I went straight into, so I could focus on being your husband. I think that it's important to kind of recognize that like <clears throat> I would consider myself a feminist and in, in like, as we were getting engaged before we were getting engaged, being engaged and even now, and I'm, I'm excited to kind of dig into this with you in a little bit, babe is like I, I really enjoy my independence and my financial independence, my emotional independence, like just being independent, being my own person and not being codependent on someone else. And I think that there is a healthy version of marriage where you are working together in a partnership. And then there is the like, 
I'm the man, I make the decisions. Or in some marriages, I've seen I'm the woman, I make all the decisions. And so I think like you and you and I had a lot of conversations before we got married about even like gender roles and what those played in our marriage. And we really wanted to come into this marriage as equal partners, recognizing that we both had skills and gifts that the other person didn't and that could bring into the marriage. And that was really beautiful. Instead of seeing it as I am better or he is better, we are both the same and we have different qualities that we bring to the marriage. But um, we have to respect the differences and respect the strengths. And I think that's something that I'm really thankful that we did because we were able to kind of jump into marriage and not have to ever wonder, oh, well, Alexis does all the housework. Well, that's not true. We split a lot of the housework. And so I think it's important, even if you find yourself in a relationship now with your partner where things feel uneven or your needs aren't being met, just to have that conversation with your spouse. So the thing that was really big for us was going through the Simba's book before we got married. Married says saving your marriage before it starts. And it actually laid out those questions. Like who is the person that usually does the laundry or actually backing up who is the parent in the household that you grew up in that does the laundry? Is it your mother or your father? Who does the finances? Who's the one that usually makes, or who's the discipliner? And who's the one that's always, that drives the most? Just little questions that you wouldn't really think of, but it really shapes the decisions that you will make as a spouse um, whenever you you reach that point. So both of us came from families with parents that are both are CEOs of businesses, of small businesses back home, and they have very strong personalities. And from that, uh, both of us inherited very good qualities from that. Uh, but we needed to realize what those qualities were and communicate on how we can effectively use those in our marriage every day. So obviously we got engaged, got married, kind of jumping forward a little bit. For me... And I'm going to be super honest because that's obviously why we're here. You know, I I think that it's really easy to kind of save face with people whenever you're talking about marriage. But I also think that I've benefited from and even during the engagement process, I was really honest with some of my close friends about the fear I felt. And, you know, I was scared and I was sad to be moving away from friends and to a state you know, living in Texas and not knowing anyone and just having Matthew and like he was going to be my only community. And so I was mourning things. I was celebrating things. I was learning what it would mean to be a wife. And there was just like, you know, we were only engaged for five months. And so there was a lot of emotional growth that was happening in a short period of time. And then we got together, got married, went on an amazing honeymoon. Like the first couple of months were so, so, so good. And not that they're not good now, But in January, there was something in me, you know, we had been married for almost three months at that point. And I think that for me, I was feeling a little bit of my independence start to slip. Like I had never had someone give me so much feedback before. Because, you know, when you're with your partner, someone's giving you feedback on something. They're saying, oh, this is what I think. Or interesting that you did it this way. I would have done it that way. And I remember a specific moment where I was at the I was at the stove cooking bacon and you like came over my shoulder and you said something about like, I think that was too early to flip or something like that. And yeah, so there was like that specific moment where he said that and I was like, I don't need him telling me how to flip bacon. 
And there was like this, like this societal push of like feminism, like, I don't need anybody to tell me how to flip bacon. I don't need anybody to tell me how to do anything. Like, I am woman, hear me roar. Like, that's how I felt in that moment. And I think that it led to a really great discussion of moments with Matthew and I that I could look back on and say, hey, I need you to let me live a little bit. Like, I don't need you to give me feedback. And same with him. I found moments where I was like, well, I sh- I would do it this way, or I think this is our plan, or this is what I think we should do. And I wasn't asking for enough input in in decisions. And I was just making plans for things. And I wasn't I wasn't giving him enough opportunity to weigh in. So I'd love for you to to give me your thoughts on that. So I think that was actually a big thing for me too, was uh the how both of us lived on our own. And then we immediately came together and we were married and we lived under the same roof. And as beautiful as that was and how much fun that was, because I was living with my best friend now, it was also very difficult because our independence was just washed away immediately. And we are, we are both very independent people and we were ready for that independence to be done. Obviously, that's why we got married. But part of it was almost like, at times I kind of miss, I kind of miss that how I only had to answer to myself or I only had to make bacon for only me and I could flip it whenever I wanted something as simple as that. But, uh, I did, I did pick up on that whenever we had been married a few months and, um, it, it seemed like a a switch. It was like, wow. Okay. Now that, that, the honeymoon stage, I guess you could call it, has worn off, which if you ask me, I still don't think it's worn off yet and it never will. But uh, once that was worn off, I could tell that we really needed to have another conversation about boundaries and uh, and what honestly is appropriate for me to say to you and you to say to me, uh, whether it be how you should clean the house or how I should clean the house or how I should take Piper out in the morning and and stuff like that. Like going back to the honeymoon stage comment, I think that it's like, for me, it wasn't the honeymoon stage has worn off. It was like the newness of it all had kind of worn off and like the reality was setting in. And I think like the word boundaries and independence and marriage, I think that independence can right now, and this, this opinion might change. So, you know, this is an evolution because we're six months married. I'm I'm literally talking about what we're learning as we're learning it in hopes that this will make you, you know, relate to us and to re- recognize that you're not alone in a lot of your feelings is that I do believe that independence can live within marriage, but it also has to have boundaries. So like my form of independence was, you know, I'm feeling like we watch the same things. We, we do everything together because I work from home. And so and I don't have a community here in Texas. So like Matthew is my community and I felt like I needed to go do something for me. So I started taking hip hop classes and did that and tried to find activities that really fed my spirit and made me feel like my old self again. That was also really beneficial to Matt because he was like, great, babe. I love seeing you go do something that you love. And, you know, so it's, it's recognizing I'm feeling like I need space. And that's kind of what this episode's a lot about is like recognizing when your partner needs space and then respecting that and giving that to them. And even now in quarantine, we um, we redecorated. And by redecorated, I mean, we actually 
we actually put patio furniture out on our patio because we didn't have anything out there before. We actually um, decorated our patio right before quarantine settled in like mid-March here in Texas. And I'm so glad that we did that because that's kind of become our little oasis. And if I'm sitting outside, Matthew will ask me, hey, can I join you? And I'm like, yes, I would love that. Or, you know, no, I'm actually out here because I kind of like some quiet time. I'm journaling or I'm, you know, just wanting some time to myself. And it's like, awesome. Like, I want that for you, babe. I think that that's key is having your own your own time. And, and whether that be reading a book or whether that be going on a walk or going to the gym, I feel like it's healthy to have however it be once, once a day, once a week to have that time apart from your spouse. Cause yes, it's different now because we're in quarantine and we're literally doing everything together. But if, even if you and your, your spouse work from home together full time, even whenever we're not in a, a pandemic that I feel like having your separate places to work or just having that that time apart, whether it be some physical activity or even um, having a journal time uh, or diving into the word, it's just key to have that time um, where you can reflect on yourself rather than always thinking about you and your partner as, as one. I like that. And I think it, another part of it is going back and respecting the, what your partner needs. Like sometimes your partner doesn't always recognize that they need space you know, or, or like in this term with Matthew and I, it was like, it took that bacon flipping moment to be like, oh, this is what's happening is I need a little bit of space. I need to, you know, like have a hobby outside of our marriage, or I need to go do something that brings me life by myself so that I can kind of reconnect with Alexis and reflect on what are my needs right now? How am I feeling right now? How am I processing things right now, separate from my marriage? And I think that's something that as women in particular, I would argue that we feel this more than men because I feel like, okay, I need to like support the family, make the food. Like, and this isn't anything that Matthew's put on me. It's almost like the societal push of like, I need to be supportive of my family. Therefore, I need to be like ready anytime anyone needs anything. And so it's hard for me to be like, oh, I'm going to do my own thing. Like, I'll sometimes push off doing something because I would rather watch TV and spend time with Matt even though I really should finish, you know, that podcast editing episode, or I really should finish that module and that course I need to learn. But I like almost choose spending time with Matt over some of the things that I know that I need to do because it's like that, that push of like, I just want to spend time together. And so part of that is healthy. Cause like, I love you. You're my partner. I want to spend all my time with you. But then there's an also, it's important to recognize when that's becoming unhealthy. And sometimes you can spend so much time together that you're like morphing into one person and you lose your voice and you lose what are your own hobbies? What are your own thoughts? Like we are not the same person. We are not of one mind. You know, our hearts are connected. Our souls are connected, but we have our own thoughts. Especially whenever. So I am a very agreeing person. So whenever you have an idea, I'm like, yeah, that sounds good. Let's do it. And you're the one that comes up with the ideas. So the more that we spend time together, the more I'm very laissez-faire and I'm like, yeah, I'm going to do whatever Alexis wants. So I almost need that time to myself to, this isn't the right way to say it, but I'm going to say it just how it sounds. I'm going to, I need that time to myself to reestablish my independence almost to spend time with myself and uh, better develop uh, my, my thought process to have my own opinion 
And the same with you. I'm sure that that develops more whenever you spend time with just yourself rather than us together. I completely agree. And I think that like kind of going back to when people ask you, how's marriage? It is awesome. And we are learning a lot. Like it's not all amazing and fun and loving every single day. It is most of the time. But there are some days where we have to have hard conversations where I might have crossed a boundary or I might have hurt his feelings or I might have went too far in a conversation or I might have said something flippantly that I thought was funny that wasn't funny or, you know, maybe I'm needing space or like there's all these different scenarios. And I think it's really important, especially as we're in quarantine now, but carrying this lesson throughout you know, once quarantine's over and into the rest of the the world, hopefully that we move into is I feel like right now we are forced to have conversations like outright, almost right as they're happening. And so if something happened, we talk about it immediately. It's not like, oh, you just go to work and then we have a whole eight hour day, but we don't talk about something. And so it is kind of helpful that we, it almost quickens your feedback loop where you're like, oh, this happened. I have some feedback on it or this hurt my feelings or I understand I hurt your feelings. And so you can find resolution really quick. I feel like we have gotten relatively pretty good at that is like something happened and then we're able to recognize it, apologize for it and work through it instead of hold on to it for a long time. And I think that especially as women and men too, that if you do find yourself in a situation where it's really hard for you to speak up for yourself or you are very agreeable, I would really encourage you to start journaling or try to find at least 30 minutes a day to your own thoughts to decide how you really feel about things and then take that to your partner. Because if you are feeling distant or disconnected or you're feeling unheard or misunderstood, um, it can be really hard to communicate that if you if you aren't giving yourself space to really process. Yeah, I would say the exact same thing for for the guys. Like if you like I don't have um a tribe if you will of of boys here to hang out with um or to uh just root me in a very good um friendship. And my my guys that that I love so dear and I talk to very often are back home and either Chicago, St. Louis, uh, back home in Illinois, I would encourage the guys to establish that relationship with um, some good friends where you are and have reliable, reliable buddies that will lift you up and hold you accountable so that you can rejuvenate and replenish with uh, your relationships with your your buddies rather than always using your spouse to to fill that that void because there's there's certain voids that my my buddies will fill that you can't fill um and there's certain f- voids obviously that my buddies can't fill and you're the one I go to so yeah I would just encourage that I'm so glad that you brought that up babe because I think that's also something that you learn you know, even if you're not married, you're just in in relationship with someone that it can happen very quickly where that person becomes your everything and they are your emotional stability partner and they become a parent to you and they become your career advisor and they become your therapist and they become your best friend that you go drinking with and they become your lover. Like they become so many pieces of what you can find in a community of people and you've put that community into one person and that is that is pressure 
that is really hard to live up to. And I feel like I've done that with you before, actually. When I first moved to Nashville, I didn't have any friends. And so I like put all of my emotional friendship like capacity into Matt. And I was trying to get the most emotional conversations from you. And I was trying to like feel heard and seen. And and I wasn't getting that from you because that's something that my girlfriends actually feel for me. And so it's recognizing that your partner is not going to fill every single role that you need in your life. Yeah. And with that, uh, my friends that I had in Colorado, I already had that group of guys that filled that void for me. And you didn't at the time, whenever you first moved to Nashville, you didn't have that group of girls that filled that void. So you relied on me and it kind of hurt our relationship because I already had something that you no longer had. And it was a point of tension for us. Uh, So right now, neither one of us really have that here. So we're relying on each other. But if you were to get that and I wouldn't, or I were to get that, and and you weren't and you wouldn't have that here imagine what that would do for our relationship so just knowing that and and focusing on that whenever i do establish a group of 3 4 5 five guys here that i hang out with on the weekend um and if you don't have those group of girls we need to realize that that can be uh, uh arguments that we might have yeah. And maybe not even arguments, but just put a strain, you know, or even be, you know, jealous. Like I'm jealous that you have something that I don't have. And I think that recognizing that if your partner does have something that you don't have and they have a close knit group of friends that really brings them a lot of meaningful life, that you shouldn't keep them from that. And if your partner has a hobby that they love that, you know, isn't toxic to your relationship, but like a, a good hobby, then you should encourage them to do that. And and that's that's you pushing them to be their best self and also recognizing that you aren't that person's absolute everything. And what you're good. You just give me a look. What? No, that's just funny. Cause I feel like maybe saying that you're not that person's absolute everything might not be the right thing to say. Cause <laughs> you definitely are my absolute everything. But I realize. Because it's it was just realistically, I need healthy relationships with other people besides you. Um, but the key word on that is healthy. Mm-hmm. And I need relationships with guys that lift me up. I need relationships with, with people at work that you know who they are. And that there's a professional relationship there. So there's there's a fine line between an unhealthy relationship and a healthy relationship. And I need those. However, going back to what we were saying, you are my world and you are everything to me. So you're everything to me too, baby. I, I didn't mean it like that. You know, <laughs> he's got like a frown on his face right now. No, you know what I meant? Like I meant that it's hard to have one person fill every role and you, you totally get that. And I'm glad that you touched on the healthy part too, because I think that if you aren't setting healthy boundaries with your partner and recognizing like this is what makes me feel safe in our relationship. And we'll actually get into another like a deeper discussion on this in another podcast episode talking through like how have we set boundaries with members of the opposite sex in work, in life, in college. Like I feel like very early on we were really mindful and especially in a long distance relationship how to set boundaries um, so that you're protecting your relationship. You know, it's not, it's not 
because you're trying to be controlling. It's because you're trying to protect the love that you have and you don't want anything to get in the way of that or to put yourself in a situation where that could be compromised in any way. So we'll definitely talk about that later. It's kind of like a different topic than what we're on right now. But I think that when it comes down to it, and this is something that I'm learning because believe it or not, vulnerability is actually really hard for me. And being honest about my feelings and when my feelings are really, really hurt or, oh, you just triggered like an old wound. It's it's easy for me to say, I'm upset. You hurt me. It's hard for me to say, and here's why. And here's the wound that that opened. And here's the tenderness and the raw and like the pieces of it that feel really, really close to me um, that feel prickly and feel uncomfortable. And I think when you can get to a place with your partner where you can say, you hurt me, and then here's why. And I think it allows you to show your partner um, and communicate with your partner. And so they understand, they have a true understanding of of what that did to you and and how that hurt your feelings or, or whatever, like, wound that opened from childhood or from junior high. Like you never know sometimes what, what one word or one phrase will bring you back to sometimes. And I think it just comes down to open communication in a safe environment. So staying open, keeping your heart, mind, and spirit open, and then creating a safe environment where it's like, Hey, let's sit down and talk about this with even toned voices and like not pointing fingers. And like, let's just come at it from a place where I know that you're on my team and I'm on your team and like let's let's come to an agreement or let's have a discussion about this specific scenario and it's not this me versus you. Yeah, that needs to be that needs to be communicated. So, and we've talked about this plenty of times that communication is key. So if you get upset with me for something that I said, because I, I triggered something. It needs to be communicated that I, I triggered something for you because I'm not going to know why you got mad or what was triggered unless you communicate that. So I think the biggest takeaways for this episode is if possible, journal or write down a few things that make you feel like really independent and like healthily independent. So whether that's hobbies or things that bring you a lot of joy and then write down times in your marriage or in your partnership where you feel like you need more space. And how can you communicate that in a loving way to your partner in a way that makes them feel special and seen and not like, hey, I need I need to get away from you. It's like, no, this is this is some time I need to journal or read or or watch my favorite show or you know, do something that brings me a lot of joy and I just I need to have a little bit of space. And so having those conversations are really, really healthy and can go such a long way to building the foundations of a really healthy relationship and marriage and also a healthy relationship with yourself because you're honoring your needs and you're honoring the fact that, you know, to have a healthy relationship with yourself, you do need space sometimes to reflect and process what's happening, to recognize how you feel and how you think about it. So if you like this episode, please, please, please uh, screenshot your podcast player, hop over to Instagram and just tag Alexis Tyke Miller and let me know that you're listening. I love connecting with y'all on Instagram. So I would really like to continue the conversation there. And if you have more questions for Matthew and I about 
long distance relationships, career, um, marriage, engagement, wedding planning, whatever. Like we can get into uh, the weeds on it, but this is something that has been laid on my heart, especially since being in quarantine together as newlyweds. Um, there are just things that we're navigating that we thought that would be helpful for, um, for you guys as you're navigating through your deeper relationships with people. So I, Hope that you guys continue to listen to the Deeper Life podcast. And again, connect with me on Instagram if you have any additional questions. And I hope that you have a wonderful week. Hey!